You're listening to DAPCON Podcast. My name is Nick Hollands. DAPCON is a non-profit global developer conference organized by Gnosis, and it took place during Berlin Blockchain Week. DAPCON welcomed developers and technologists from all over the world, gathering for talks, workshops, panels, and productive sessions at the Technical University of Berlin. In this series, we talk with DAPCON speakers about the latest in decentralized applications, Web3, and tech infrastructure in Ethereum. Today, our guest is Denison Bertram, developer advocate at Open Zeppelin. We recorded just before DAPCON. Yeah, so um, I mean, right now, the company at Open Zeppelin, we are releasing um, the Gas Stations Network, which is a collaboration with the Gas Stations Network Alliance. And the Gas Stations Network, originally conceived by Taboo Key, um, is basically a solution to the user onboarding problem in Ethereum. And what that means is, is that it's solving how users can interact with Ethereum smart contracts without using, uh, without paying gas, without needing to have a wallet or even have any ETH in the first place. So some, some studies have found that the, basically the user drop-off rate for Ethereum dApps is 99%. And so out of every 100 users that come to a dApp, 99 of them leave at the point where they need to install MetaMask and they need to get ETH and they need to go through all the processes that have been de- detailed many times about like how much friction there is there. I was reading your Medium blog and you have a piece, How Meta Transactions Will Scale Ethereum. Quoting from the article and in reference to Austin Griffith's Burner Wallet at ETH Denver, you write, here was Ethereum 1.0 technology combined with meta transactions and an XDAI POA network. This combo enabled fast free money transfers in real life with real people who had no ETH, literally years before ETH 2.0. It wasn't perfect, but it was here. So initially I was skeptical of meta transactions. In, in the very beginning, I really felt that it was maybe you know a temporary solution to a temporary problem which it may in the grand long scheme of things be. But my aha moment really came at East Denver using Austin Griffith's burner wallet and seeing it work, right? Like there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of times we'll do events or something where you, you get to pay using Ethereum or, you know, I've, I've been in the space for a long time. So I remember events where we would try and pay using Bitcoin and it, you know, it sounded great. And instantly the sort of bottleneck just would crop up, you know, the, the moment you actually tried to really do it. So when seeing Austin Griffith's burner wallet for the food trucks at East Denver, and it just really worked, right? Like, and and he had a great follow-up blog post about, you know, I think they did something like $22,000 or maybe 22,000 transactions, something like that. And it cost them a grand total of like 20 cents because they were doing on, on, um, the XI network, that for me was really an aha moment, right? There, I got a chance to speak with Yoav from Tabuki. He gave a great presentation. And that for me was really the aha moment where it was, this isn't relevant if this is the key of all keys or the end of all things with regards to like scaling and user onboarding for Ethereum. For me, the overwhelming, you know, win point coming away from it was this works right now. You know, because so many things in our, our ecosystem, we're used to thinking, oh, this is going to be great when it comes out. Right? And there's so many things that we're talking about when it comes out. 
And for users, right, for, for the people who would like to use this technology right now, or our potential enterprise customers who would like to use this technology right now, for the companies that would like to build companies right now, what's important is, is that this technology is here, it's ready, and it works right now. What in Ethereum is really exciting you at the moment? What are some projects and points of emphasis in development that you're focusing on and think people should be paying attention to? Personally, I am now a little bit more focused on practical things. You know, we've been in, you know, blockchain is about 10 years old now, and we have been talking about the future for a long time. And so I'm really at this point where I'm looking at like right now and what, what works right now. That said, the things that interest me are perhaps a little bit more technical at the moment. Um, so in, in, with that regard, I'd say things like identity contracts are really interesting to me. The idea of maybe we can abstract the wallet interface and the wallet experience away from users and have this be something that live on chain. Uh, personally, I've been playing around with uh, it, the idea of like you know using identity contracts to represent a user on chain and give you that sort of like more complicated permission structure and recovery option structure that you find in, in some other projects outside of the Ethereum space. Professionally, I'm very interested in what we're building. The meta transactions for me is going to be a very big sort of like, I wouldn't say inflection point, but it's gonna be a very big pivoting point for a lot of companies where, which could be good or bad, right? Because you know, many crypto businesses, well, not many, but a good portion of crypto businesses are built on the notion of like they're doing something, but hey, it's on blockchain, right? Hey, it's on crypto. Hey, it's powered by uh, Ethereum. And the idea, the actual core, the application, maybe not so strong, right? So, you know, maybe you have a game where the selling point is the fact that it's on crypto, not that it's necessarily fun to play. And things like meta transactions are going to really change that dynamic. Because now your application can look and feel like a web 2.0 application, right? Like it'll run on your mobile phone, it'll run on your desktop, right? It could run on a smart television even, right? So now we are going to need to revert a bit back to the idea of like building things that people want, building applications that people want. Um, my colleague Ramon has a really great uh, talk that he's going to be doing about building applications that people want where blockchain is going to become, especially Ethereum is going to start becoming a commodity technology, right? So this is gonna be something that's gonna be just part of the stack that people are going to be using to build their idea versus the idea starts from the fact that it's on blockchain and then moves out from there. So it's gonna be very interesting and, and challenging as well, right? Because applications that originally, you know, their selling point was that it was on blockchain are going to have to do a little bit of soul searching to make sure that their applications are actually something that users need. But on the flip side, suddenly all of these developers outside of the blockchain ecosystem who are building amazing things using traditional web 2.0 technologies. Well, now we can finally open that up and they can now use blockchain as just part of their stack. You know, they can use Ethereum as part of their stack. And they, I, there's a few projects that I've seen that are coming. Uh, I, I won't mention them here, but they have some really interesting things that are happening, but it's, it's blockchain is just another piece of the stack. And once it's another piece of the stack, you know, the way we sort of think of as like React or JavaScript or, you know, you know uh, AWS is part of your stack. That's when I think things become really interesting. 
considering all the development happening now and over the past few years in Ethereum, does it blow your mind when talking to people who share many demographics in common with people who work in the crypto space, uh, but who aren't yet involved or even interested, the so-called crypto adjacent? Ooh, so I actually have a little bit of a contrarian view on that, perhaps. Um, something that, you know, the enthusiasm around blockchain is a really fickle thing, right? Because so often the technology in the public's eye is connected to the price. So when the price drops, like interest wanes, which actually gives a good opportunity for the people who are really building things to sort of like hunker down and focus. Uh, certainly a lot of the ICOs, you know, they disappeared along with the hype, but a number of them have actually been working hard and diligently, right? And so a number of things are actually being released and coming to market, which is very exciting. Uh, certainly, I think the Ethereum community could do a better job of reaching outside of itself. At this point, maybe we tend to be preaching to the choir. Certainly, there's still a lot of necessity for us internally to be communicating with one another with, with the opportunities and possibilities and experimentation you know, the ETH 2.0 or 1.x, you know, sort of lingers over our heads about like, what's going to happen here? How should we plan? And that requires a lot of coordination internally. Externally, however, we could probably, in my opinion, do a better job at reaching the React community, the Vue community, you know, the Java community, the, the, the developer bases that exist outside of blockchain currently, and, and who maybe aren't even thinking about how they could reformulate and reconsider the problems they're solving if they're using blockchain. So I think that's something I'm, I'm not surprised actually when people say they don't know how to use it. Certainly I would be surprised if they hadn't heard about it, right? That would be shocking at this point considering um, how far along we are, but I'm not surprised when people haven't used it. So that, that is something uh, I, think, I think as a community in general, we need to work more towards changing. You know, maybe that means, you know, we, we do, you know, uh, these conferences standalone, but maybe these conferences become subsets of, you know, larger conferences, uh, you know, so we can reach and target more, more users who are already, who still are not yet inside of our ecosystem. DAPCON podcast is presented by Gnosis. Visit DAPCON Berlin on YouTube for videos of talks and panels from the conference. Follow us on Twitter at DAPCON underscore Berlin and at Gnosis PM. Subscribe for more episodes and we'll see you soon.